Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's that time of year, March Madness on the Hangtime Podcast. Aku Smith. At headquarters here in Atlanta, my main man, Greg Anthony, is not on the road tonight. Finally, back in the city, back here on the podcast. GA, what's happening, sir? I'm doing great, man. Well, technically, I'm still on the road since I don't actually live here. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Well, look. It's close enough. It's my second home. Exactly. You basically, you're paying like half your taxes in, in Georgia. It's all good. Yeah. Crazy time around the NBA. We are down to the final month of the regular season and the playoffs in sight, GA, and the standings are super tight on both sides. Craziness abound. It's my favorite time of year. I know the the college people call it March Madness. I call it March Chaos for the NBA. We we need chaos (laughs) in the standings to keep us all juiced up. Uh, John Schumann will be here, obviously, GA, later to uh, give us some trivia and chop it up with him. And we'll hear from former NBA guard. Let's see if you remember this name. A.C. Law, former lottery pick of the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got a chance to speak with A.C. about his involvement with the NBA's basketball ops associate program for former players. He's uh, doing some big things, man, post-basketball playing career with the league. So got a chance to catch up with him. We'll learn about the program a little later. But first... Let's dig into these standings in the East and West right now and tell me, did you imagine that we would see the teams we're seeing three through eight in the East right now with the Pacers holding down the third spot in the East? No, I, I did not <laughs> see. You know, I, I, I got to say the Pacers are by far and away the biggest surprise. One, to be in the postseason picture because I really thought Detroit, Charlotte, uh, I thought those two teams mm-hmm. were more primed to, to be in that conversation. Right. But not only did they take the, that, that step, but how about, you know, to your point, they are the three seed as of today. Like, that is unbelievable. 12 games over 500, proven to be a better team without Paul George. And some of that, too, give a lot of credit to front office, Kevin Pritchett and the crew, but obviously Nate McMillan with his transformation, much like we saw with Dwayne Casey in Toronto, right, in terms of the style kind of yeah. buying into how the game has to be played today. Uh, and it, it's it's been exciting to see Victor Oladipo emerge into what a lot of people thought he could be. You know, a little bit of a, a detour. He took the long route <laughs> to get there. You know, he didn't take the economical route, but he is, I think, rapidly becoming a star in this league. And uh, it, it's fun. I mean, it, you talk about it. it it's still – listen – Detroit's basically out of it now. It's yeah. The eight teams are set, but 
you know, the fact between eight and three, there's four games. Right. And we've seen how tumultuous this thing has been, how just flippant throughout both the East and the West. So who's to to say how it's going to ultimately all materialize in terms of the seeding? But I tell you what, it's a lot of teams, the bottom half of that uh, playoff push in the East, they don't look at Toronto and Boston and Cleveland, for that matter, as being unbeatable. I I mean, those teams are going to feel like they have a chance to make some noise. I mean, which makes it kind of exciting. And in a weird way, you know, people don't want to believe it, but I think there's a similar thought process in the West. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Utah. They, I don't think Utah's afraid of playing anybody. No, no. In the East, you got Indiana three, Cleveland four, Washington five, Philly six, Milwaukee seven, and Miami eight as of right now. And that order could change. But if you look at all of those matchups, the that are the potential matchups. Just look at the teams: Washington, yeah. Philly, Milwaukee, and Miami are all dangerous. Each and every one of them has a component or several components that would make me sweat if I'm those top seeds. So, um, no doubt. you know, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons in Philly, Giannis in Milwaukee, Dwayne Wade is back in Miami to help that young, you know, group of talent kind of find its way. And they're healthy. Yes. And John Wall coming back for the Wizards. I mean, it's to me, it's pitfalls all over the East GA that could upset the order of things early on in these playoffs. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. It's another reason why I'm more confident in Cleveland <laughs> <laughs> than I was before because of the uncertainty. Because at the end of the day, while you know, I think sometimes we do fall prey to March madness or March chaos. Chaos, like yes. We, we, I think we get in because, trouble if we if we try and use yeah, March madness. Yeah, because you know we know all those teams are capable of beating. Top four seeds. The difference, though, in the NBA, you got to beat them four times, right? And you got to, and you're going to have to win on the road, two road games. And so that's why generally the best team does win. But to your point, we don't know. I mean, the records say that those are the better teams, but just like we've seen with Utah, nobody's playing better than Utah right now. No. And I look mean... at the, what just happened with Clay Thompson. Right. You know, fracturing his thumb. He's going to be out a few weeks. Yeah. Steph Curry's already out another week or two, potentially. Uh, Draymond's not playing tonight. So you still have uncertainty and the, the fact that injury could play a role. So, you know, that's why they got to play these games, man. And that's yeah. why the next three weeks of the season are so exciting because yeah. so much can happen to change a team's fortune in terms of the matchups and who's in or who's out. How about San Antonio out? Yes, unbelievable. I mean, literally unbelievable. And we talk about how tight it is in the East. Four and a half games separate three through ten in the West. Spurs out, as you mentioned, and they've made the playoffs every year since 1997. Kawhi could be coming back. The Blazers are doing the Pacers thing in the West. You know, shocking the world being number three. In the Western Conference playoff chase, you mentioned Clay, Steph's ankles. Uh, Andre Robertson is gone in Oklahoma City. Demarcus Cousins in New Orleans. Jimmy Butler in Minnesota. Yeah. This is this is the drama that the schedule makers dreamed of because yeah. it, it puts a compelling twist on the end of the regular season and then leaves all of these different intriguing possibilities in the playoffs. Who do you think, G.A., is the one team on the playoff radar that could get on a roll this last month and really separate themselves? Mm. 
you know, if you look at schedules and the opportunities that might be out there, who do you think? You mentioned Utah playing great. So you're talking in the West mainly because yeah, in the West, who's the team in the West you think that could kind of get cranked up here and and put themselves in a better position? Who you know, I think it's tough. I actually I like a couple teams. You know, Utah is easy to look at because they've been playing so great. And yeah, I do like what they're doing. But to me, I think New Orleans, and believe it or not, Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Because, one, they have the top-tier talent, right? Like, they have guys who are in the conversation when you're talking about the best players in our league. Right. Um, they, they have that going for them. There's, uh, with New Orleans, their style and the fact that Drew Holiday since the break, well, really, second half of the season, he's played like an all-star. Yeah, he's been I mean, Drew Holiday has been off the chart. Every, we know about Anthony Davis and how terrific he's been. He's been incredible in the, in the MVP conversation. Yeah. Even though it's a short conversation, but he's in it. Drew Holiday is really what's allowed because Anthony Davis has kind of been there. What they haven't had is a guy who's brought a consistent star caliber to the team night in and night out. And that's what Drew Holiday has done to compliment him. With the way they play their style, they're, those two teams to me, Portland's really good too. Don't get me wrong. I, I love what they're doing defensively. Um, but but those are the two teams that had more questions, really. I mean, because two weeks ago, uh, we didn't know if Oklahoma right. City was going to be in the playoffs. Right. And, you know, now they've won four in a row, and they're still grinding games out. And, you know, they haven't looked like a world beater still, but I just feel like they're now making that adjustment to having lost Roberson, um, and they're playing better basketball. And because of who they have on that roster – that could scare you. And, and, and New Orleans is another thing. Yeah. I mean, but when you look at everybody, you realize that everybody in the playoffs right now in the Western Conference is on a winning streak except Golden State. <laughs> <laughs> except Golden State, man. Insanity. I mean, I mean that's it's crazy. incredible. Yeah. So seven-game win streaks, four, three, ten. Ten for the Portland. I mean, they're all you, – you know the sense of urgency is there for these teams. And to your point – they're getting hot at the right time, and and, and what Utah's done—they're the Miami Heat of the West this year, right? Right. They, they basically did doing what Miami did last year, coming out of nowhere to kind of put some fear into some of these teams, and and they very well may be the, the holder of one of those playoff positions. Yeah, I'm. I got a chance to watch the Thunder in the flesh, and you forget. You know, it was hilarious. I was walking down the hallway at Phillips Arena, and I was in Russ's way, apparently, when they got off the bus. I'm walking down towards their locker room, and I felt a hand, like, on my back, kind of like, get the hell out of the way. It was Russ trying to get around me. Um, But I was too busy, like, noticing Russ, Carmelo, PG, Steven Adams, you know, like, they walk in on the all-good-looking team in terms of long, athletic, you know, bouncy they got everything you want in terms of the physical the makeup of a team, yeah. And I know they, they haven't the played great this year. They haven't had a stretch where they just flat out played great. But, man, if a team could find its way at this time of year and talent has a way of rising to the top, it seems like, in March and April, the Thunder would be the team that really worried the hell out of me if I'm one of those top four seeds. If if they're not one of those top four seeds, um but that would be a team that would really make me nervous if I'm slotted ahead of them because if I got to see them in a second round, knowing the firepower they have and what they might be capable of, 
Russ on his skis, you know, with another playing over his skis every night because of the energy and fire he plays with. It's amazing the energy he exerts on a nightly basis, at least the last three years. I mean, just the, I mean, he plays at such a fever pitch. The crowd, yeah. the crowd in Phillips Arena, you would have thought we were in Oklahoma City. The, the way the fans were in there with his jerseys on and his every move. You know, it was it was the same thing that you see whenever there's a superstar on the road and the visiting fans treat him like the MVP. I mean, and Russ yeah, didn't get that two star. years ago. He's he, a rock star. Yeah, he didn't get that two or three years ago, but he's officially in that category now. Yeah, and, and to your point, Seku, like we always talk about the true superstars in our league. They can win a game by themselves, right, mm-hmm. postseason. They're good enough. We know he's good enough. He's done it on numerous occasions. Paul George is good enough Yeah, to do the same thing. So, and then Carmelo, even <laughs> at this stage, over the course of a seven-game series, he can have a game that wins a series, wins a, that you know wins a game for you. So you potentially that's three right there. Now you got to get one by committee. Yeah. And the other thing they're going to have going in to a potential matchup uh, against the heavyweights is they're going to have a supreme confidence that a lot of teams might not have because you know and I know that. Russ believes he's the best player in the world. Yes, every night. And Paul, yeah, and Paul George has that supreme confidence in his abilities that he's as good as anybody in the world. And so when you have that kind of swagger and belief, even though it hasn't always shown itself over the course of the regular season, it's a team you don't necessarily want to see. I guarantee you Houston Golden State, while they don't fear them, they wouldn't be upset if they didn't have to play yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, you mentioned the Utah Jazz. They've been nipping at the bud, and now they're finally inside of the top eight. Um, and it, it makes me think about that rookie of the year race that we kind of handed to Ben Simmons early, G.A. I don't mm-hmm. know that the Kia Rookie of the Year award is locked up to go to Philly right now. If, if, it's if, locked up, man. If Donovan yeah. – look, if the, if the Jazz make locked the playoffs – does Donovan Mitchell at least make you hesitate? I mean, no. Let me tell you why. No, and again, this is I love Donovan Mitchell. I know who's hesitating a lot right now is the teams that took guards <laughs> and shooting guards ahead of him. Right. Uh, right? You know, yeah. Charlotte. There's some teams right now kicking themselves, and there may be some front office shakeups because of that. And, and I love him. But the thing about Ben Simmons and the reason I think he's a rookie of the year is he's been great from day one. Yeah. Like, it's not like he was, you know, he just came on, had a great second half. From the first moment he stepped on the court to start the season, Ben Simmons has been there. So, basically, he's been that all year long. Now, you could argue Donovan Mitchell has been as good the second half of the season, but you got to add up both halves. Right. He's averaging 20.6 points, four and a half rebounds, four assists. And 1.4 steals since All-Star. Ben Simmons, who you mentioned, has been destroying it all year. 15.3 points on on nearly, you know, 58% shooting, nine assists, seven and a half rebounds since All-Star. So the rookie wall, proverbial rookie wall, has been smashed to pieces by these two young fellas. Yeah. I thought Jason Tatum was in the conversation early, kind of tailed off a little bit since All-Star. Still shooting it well from from beyond the three point line, forty eight percent. Yeah, he's been good, but not to me. Kept the pace with those other two guys. 
Kyle Kuzma, another one, Lonzo Ball, some other names that were in the mix early, faded a little bit. That's what you hear. Yeah. yeah, but it's only a two there. Faded. Like, even, even though we, we basically had to fill out five because you got to vote. Yeah. <laughs> but but the reality is it, it's kind of a two-man race. And, again, there are going to be a lot of people. Donovan Mitchell, and he's going to deserve all the attention and the accolades. Again, I'm not hey, – no, I love Donovan Mitchell. I, I think he's got a – he's just got that it factor. Yeah. You know, he's got that intimidating physical ability, but he's, an all, he's also very skilled. And when you merge that combination, man, that, that's where you have a chance to be a truly special player in this league. Um, so I'm not I'm not discounting him at all. It's just a matter of, to your point, Philly's right in the mix of the playoffs as well. Yeah, they got a chance to have home court in the first round. No, you're right. Like, you're so right. They're, they're 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 right there as well. I mean, both teams have been impressive. Both players have been impressive. And and again, my big thing, the reason I lean towards Ben Simmons is simply because it's rookie of the year. Not rookie of the half year. <laughs> right. If you look at it that way, in fairness to him, Donovan Mitchell was not in, nowhere near the conversation the first half of the season. Sure, sure. I mean, and, listen, and so, you never know a rookie's GA. You never know. No, you don't. Um, no, you couldn't have seen this come. I mean, I, I, lo- I love his talent at Louisville, and I thought he had a chance to be very good, but I, come on, man. Nobody, Utah didn't see this. No, no. I mean, Not this year. and when you're drafting in the lottery, you're drafting high in the first round, you always have high hopes for guys. Um, I got a chance recently, GA, to speak with AC Law, as I mentioned earlier. Drafted by the Hawks with the number 11 pick in 2007. And, you know, there were all these high hopes about, you know, what he could potentially be for a team that needed a point guard. His NBA career ended up lasting four years, you know. He did win a championship overseas in Greece, but just you never know who pans out, who doesn't, and for you know yeah. for whatever reasons. But now AC Law is getting back into the business of basketball with the NBA's um, Basketball Ops Associates program, and it's interesting, man. Listening to him with the perspective he has now, Jay, take take a listen to what he had to say when I got with him, my rookie. Now this was my rookie when he first got in the league, um, mm-hmm. talking about the program and and what it's doing for him now. Former NBA guard and lottery pick AC Law joins us now on the Hang Time Podcast. Now, now I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out there so everybody knows this was my rookie back in the day when he got drafted with the Atlanta Hawks. I was, I was the beat writer who tried to break him in. Um, <laughs> Ace, what's going on, man? I, listen, first of all, congratulations. I know you learned the ropes now uh, of how to run an NBA front office through the NBA's uh, B-Ball Ops Associate Program and. Uh, the you know this transition helping players former players go from life on the court and in that kind of work to life off the court and that kind of work what's that been like for you oh man it's it's tough it's eye opening i'll say that um you know being a player and and dedicating your whole life to that craft to to ultimately make it to the nba or be a professional athlete is tough in itself and then when you transition to a post career and trying to reinvent yourself and learn a whole another business I mean, it's a challenge, but um, the NBA has been great. Giving this opportunity to former players, the people in the league office have been amazing and very helpful, and, and, man, I'm learning a ton. Did you plug into this? I mean, you played four full NBA seasons, three seasons overseas. Um, I know you won a championship in Greece. Um, Were you thinking about this all along, uh, post-playing career in the NBA or in basketball? Um, I wouldn't say all along, but, you know, um, when I went overseas, that was an eye-opening 
experience for for myself and my family, and and you start thinking that you have to there's going to be a life eventually after basketball, and you start trying to plan towards it. And I didn't necessarily know what um, that journey was going to be, what it looked like. I mean, obviously, I, I played points. I always thought that maybe coaching could be something that I wanted to look into. And um, one of my good friends named Bryson, he works in the front office for the New Orleans Pelicans. He spoke to last year's group, mm-hmm. and um, he contacted me and thought that this made sense. And, and I spoke to Bethany, who leads our group, and um, it just made sense of fit. I mean, I have aspirations of working in the front office and um, contributing to building a team. And um, it just made sense, and I'm just glad the opportunity worked out. Yeah. Um, you said you called it eye-opening, the experience. Um, what was the most jarring thing for you learning it, learning the game from that other side? Um, I mean, I've been learning so much. I think if I had to point one thing so far that's been crazy is the referee operations department. Um, being a player, you know, we always point to refs and, and, and give those guys a hard time. But one of the first rotations that I had, um, when I got here, was to spend time in the referee office department and, and to think about how grueling that, that process is, how much work that they put into their craft to work their way up to the NBA level, and then how they're, they're ultimately graded in um, that whole process. It was learning for me. I have a, a great deal of respect for that process and the work that they do. And, and the pres- they're essentially under the pressure, similar to players, mm. you know, that we have, we have pressure to perform from fans, from our coaches, from the front office. And they have a similar pressure to perform as well and, and to see those guys go out there and do the best that they can. Um, I have an appreciation for, for what they're doing. Mm. Is, how humbling is it, too, to come into the league, lottery pick? You know, you got all these plans, I'm sure, about how you want your career to go, and it doesn't go as planned, and you have to regroup like that and, and come up with a plan B. What, what was that like for you? Man, that's uh... – it was. I'm, I'm glad. I'm blessed. Mm. I will say that. Um, I'm, I'm not sour apples about it. Um, it didn't. My career didn't go the way I planned it to be. But man, I'm in a, a good situation going overseas. Like I told you before, um, you being out of the NBA, you kind of evaluate friends and and just priorities and moving forward, and you start planning for your future. And man, I've gotten into real estate. I got plenty of houses that I own now, and then I'm building different relationships, start valuing things that I didn't necessarily value young in my career, and I, I feel like I'm getting a second opportunity um, to do this over and uh, make it right, in a sense, and, and, and I got a cor- correct head on my shoulders and, and things going about it the right way, and just looking forward to building on it and having a lot of success. Yeah. Now, what when you look at the front office structure, where do you think... You know, if ideally you get into a front office situation, what's the best role for you right off the bat as you enter into that? I mean, I'm in a – I wouldn't – I don't know what role would, what that would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to be able to, to touch the players and from, um, but also be on the side where you help constructing a team. Mm-hmm. And from the information I've gathered so far, um, the director, player personnel, sounds like something that, that fits. I mean, obviously it's a ton of traveling. Mm-hmm. You have to know all three leagues, the collision game overseas, the G League, and the NBA level. Um, but, I'm, I mean, I'm a fan of the game, man. I, I love to watch it, um, familiar with all levels of it. And But at the same time, I want to be able to touch these players and kind of help um, keep them grounded, knowing mistakes that I made when I was a player. So being able to have those relationships and that communication with those guys is valuable to me and something I look forward to trying to balance between being in the front office but also being able to, to, to have that relationship to – help guide these guys through their career. When you hear people say, you know, the the business of basketball, when you're 22, 23, you're starting out, you, you, it might not resonate the way that it does now. What, what would be your message to young guys when you're talking to them about 
understanding the, the true business of, of basketball at the NBA level and anywhere else? Man, it's, it's, it sounds cliche, but it's, it's, you just don't take it for granted. Like, you, it's, it's, it's the business of basketball is, is exactly what it is. You know, that everybody has their own – there's basically personal business that they try to run, so you have to, to not take it for granted. Bust your butt every day, be the best pro you can be, and your relationship that – that how you treat people is going to affect you moving forward. And those are things that I didn't value. You know, you take for granted me being picked 11th, coming in, thinking that the red carpet is going to get rolled out for me. And I just didn't treat people the right way. I didn't uh, approach being an NBA player the right way. And, and I took it for granted. And, and it's like I said, it sounds cliche, but that's the message that I would give to them. Like, man, every single day, be a pro and, and go about your business. That's that's good good advice. And you know what? I'm gonna hold I'm gonna hold you now to something for later on. When you GM and you running your own team and you, you're going around flying around the world doing stuff, and we call you to bring you on the Hangtime Podcast, I'm gonna make sure you remember who was there when you was a rookie trying to get it right. No. <laughs> Shaco, Shaco, I will never forget that. Man, I came from New York, didn't get any sleep the night before, and you were right there in my tournament. I, I will never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> man, I appreciate it. Ace, it's so good to see where you are, man, right now in your career, too. Good luck to you, you know, on this front office journey, man. And, you know, when you put in the work, whether you're a player or anything else, you got that work ethic, it works out for you, man. So I know you're going to do big things. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Great stuff from AC Law the Fourth about what he's got going on in you know, certainly moving on to the next phase of his career. Speaking of moving on to the next phase, when is this guy going to stop coming on here and hating? John Schumann joining us, as always, here on the Hangtime Podcast with the Schumann Stat. So give us some Schumann Stat this week, Schumann. All right. You guys ready? Yeah, man. We're always ready. Look, we're ready. Didn't we kill it on the first try last week? We did. Yeah, right, let's so go. This, since we got the, the tournament – since we yeah, this is going to be a little bit tougher. <laughs> since we got the tournament started – Starting this week, um, I'm looking at the all-time NBA scoring leaders from different universities. Mm-hmm. So basically, this guy is is the all-time NBA score, all-time leading NBA score from X university. All right. So let's start with the, the the number one seeds in the NCAA tournament, and I'll start off with the easiest one. All right. All-time NBA leading scorer from Kansas. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain, yeah. correct. Uh, all, what's funny though is the all-time active leading scorer from Kansas is Andrew Wiggins. He's only uh, twenty-five thousand points or so short of uh, Will Chamberlain. Throwing, throwing shade on Kansas's uh, NBA growth and development program, huh? Come on, man. Well, yeah, Paul Pierce is number two. He's recently retired, and then after you know, all right. So, all-time NBA leading scorer from Xavier. From Xavier. Brian Grant. Brian Grant's number two. Who else from Xavier? Oh, oh, I know it is. It's, uh, it's, uh, he plays for the Golden State Warriors. I'm happy. Uh, David West. David West. Correct. Do I get credit for that? Thank you. (laughs) Yes, yeah. I'll give you credit. The next two (laughs) number one seeds. All right. The other two number one seeds are tough. University of Virginia. Hmm. This guy, all-time leading scorer from the University of Virginia, only has 8,265 career points. Uh, all-time. 
NBA scoring leader from he's, Virginia. He's, uh, he's not in the league right now. He, he played 15 league. years, retired in 2000, or last season was 2004, played for five different teams. I'll give you, Brian, Ralph, Ralph Stampton is number two. Brian Stith. Not Ralph Stampton. Brian Stith. This guy, Brian Stith, no. Oh. He's, I think he's third or fourth. Oh, okay. Uh. This guy, uh, this is a tough one. I think he mo- played most with Sacramento. From Virginia. Um, a big guy. Uh-huh. 15 season. It might be too, this might be too tough. It, I wish it was my boy, John Crotty, but I know it's not him. But no. that's my all time. That's, that's, that's one of my all time favorite Jersey players, Shore, by the way. Short conference, Jersey Shore conference. <laughs> uh, maybe the greatest player in short conference history. I love John Crotty. He's just one of my favorite point guards. Uh, he finished up in 2004. <sighs> we may have to we, we may have to give you this one. No, no, no. Golden Polonese. Polonese. Oh, oh, you know what? Right. We should have known that one. So Ralph Sampson was number two. Oh, but you uh, know what's killing me is I, I thought it was a current player. No, no, no. no, no. no. These are all time. At current player, active UVA player all time is leading scorer right now is Mike Scott. He's got a long <laughs> yeah, list. Yeah, that's like that's what I was. Mike I Scott and Joe Harris enough. battling it out. All right, all time leading scorer in NBA history from Villanova, Hall of Famer, but played in the fifties. Mm, two time all all time leading scorer, uh, two time uh, scoring leader. Was that score? Was the leading scorer on the 1956 Philadelphia Warriors championship team? Oh, this is a test. Just your uh, old time NBA history. Ooh, that is. That's Name is Paul Arizon. Ah, I would have never got that Kyle, one. Yeah. I'd have never gotten that. Kyle Lowry is number two on the list. He'll he has a chance to catch catch Paul Arizon for the all time leading scorer. Huh. All right, so. Let's move on to uh, to some all uh, alma maters here. All right, GA all time leading NBA leading scorer from UNLV, Reggie Theus. Reggie Theus, correct. Number, I didn't realize he's numbered fifty three all time on the NBA scoring list with nineteen thousand yeah, points. Reggie had a hell of a career. You just people forget that because Michael Jordan came in and ran on the parade. <laughs> he, was, uh, he was balling out in Chicago or Kansas City before this. All right, Mr. Hang Time himself, actually. <laughs> GA, you're, you're uh, eighth all time on the UNLV uh, NBA Get scoring it, GA. List. I see you. All right, I'm, I see I'm you. Top I, I see you. Seiku, Seiku, I know you cape for another school, but really your alma mater is Jackson State. Yes. Who is the all time leading scorer from Jackson State? Purvis, in NBA Purvis Short. Purvis Short, correct. Yes. I, Purvis Short. Listen, I don't just cape for the Wolverines, baby. I, the, my alma mater gets some love, too, now. Don't hate on Jackson State. All right, so who who's the all-time leading scorer in uh, NBA history from Michigan? Oh, that's a good one. From Michigan. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, I want to I say, say Webb, but I'm, Webb is number three. I'm thinking it might be Cassie Russell. Nope. Mm. I was thinking. I was thinking Glenn Rice. Glenn Rice, uh, number two. Somebody else. Who else played it forever from Michigan? Though, might be. Wait a minute. Hmm. Uh, what era did he play? Issue. Here's your hint. He passed Glenn Rice this year. Oh, Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford. Yeah, Jamal of course, Crawford. yeah. Right. Jay Crawford, baby. Number he's been six, playing forever. He's number. He's number 61 on the all-time NBA scoring Ben list. Button himself, my boy. 
Jamal Crawford, baby. Looks like he's 17. Yeah, you almost forget because he's only there. He only had a cup of tea there. Yeah, he only played nine games because of the NCAA. Anyway, don't get me started on that sore subject. Of course. And now, finally, the school making its second state straight tip to the NCAA, uh, champion, uh, NCAA tournament, set to beat Avery Johnson's Alabama oh. team on Thursday night. All-time leading NBA leading scorer from Virginia Tech. Uh, I'm assuming it's Del Curry. Del Curry. Yeah, it's got to be Del Curry. Should, 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 should be Stephen Curry, but we didn't offer him a scholarship. So. <laughs> no, nah, he, was, he, was, he was too good. Yeah, that's still a little bit Yeah, funny. you should Isn't be salty about that. You should be salty, definitely. I got the same issue. My, my school hadn't offered my son a scholarship. What? Yeah, even I told him, look, even if he couldn't play, just on GP. <laughs> on general principle, you should offer him one. <laughs> right. Let him sign up for some financial aid. <laughs> shoe with the shoeman status always. Man, I don't know where you come up with this stuff, but I can't believe you didn't. Oh, you did, you thought I wasn't going to get perfect short. Come on, man. I know my history, shoe. I was thinking you might guess Lindsey Hunter. No, nah, Lindsey was there when I was there. I mean, that's my man, but I knew perfect short was a beast. Hey, guess who, guess who Jackson State's all-time greatest female player was, by the way? Karen Taylor, the mother of Stanley Johnson. Huh. May oh, she wow. rest in peace. Yes, don't don't slip. We we got a little basketball here to the JSU baby. Southwestern Athletic Conference in the house. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna say with the operative word being little. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, got some great players that play in that conference. No question, no question. Right. Shoe, we appreciate right. you as always hating your shady self with the Schumann stat. Hey, hey, Shoe shady. All right. Oh yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> Appreciate you, fella. I'm going to start a hashtag. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, shoot, it, leave it up to John Schumann to put you in your place, as always, here on the Hang Time Podcast with the Schumann Stat. Yeah, I'm getting ready to get back in my rightful place, though, on bragging rights. I know I went 3-0 and last week, so go ahead and give me my score. What? No. That is not true. No, I lost. I, I lost immediately. Like Wednesday night, I, I remember my pick, and I was like, "Oh man, I lost the first game out of the box." So three weeks ago, GA went zero and three. Since then, he's six and zero. Oh my god! Yeah, another three and zero week. Last Are you week. serious? Seiku, you were one and two. <sighs> so GA has come back to now have a two game oh. lead. This is like the playoff standings the last month of the season, where it's just oh. some foolishness going on. <laughs> Somebody may not make the playoffs. So we got a league pass free preview from Wednesday to Friday. Yes. So we got two games that are a part of that, starting with Raptors at Pacers on Thursday. Ooh, Ooh that's a tough one. That's a, I'm going to go first since I got the lead. And that way, you can, <laughs> if you want to go against me, you can. I tell you, man, them Pacers, they're they playing some good basketball. Don't be home. They've been a really good home team. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm going with the Raptors. I, I need to. I need to make up some time here. Give me Raptors. All right. Then. I don't even need some criteria. I just go on Raptors. I need to. Staying on Thursday night, Cavs at Blazers. Portland. Give me the Trailblazers. They're rolling right now. They're not about to let LeBron and them come in there and manhandle them. I'm going to take Cleveland in that one. I like the new shook-up roster. All right, then we're going to Saturday night on NBA TV. Wolves at Spurs. 
Ooh. No yes. word on Kawhi. He no, yeah, we, Kawhi could be back, huh? It's desperation time. I'm going to go with the home team and, and pick the Spurs, even though I don't feel great about this not knowing Kawhi's status. I'm, I'm with you there. I was actually, I'm actually going to go with the Spurs, too. I, yes. I, they're going to be so desperate. They no, did they did not. They were going to be no, in the they did not. Um, what a what an unbelievable so, stretch this is, OGA. March chaos. I'm I'm going to trademark that tonight. Make sure I get March chaos. That way we like won't get it, sued like by it. the March Madness people. Um, shout out to John Schumann as always coming on brain twisting with the Schumann stat. Good to catch up with AC Law the Fourth doing his thing now in the front office uh, and you know trying to break back into the NBA from that route. GA. Um, we'll be looking for you on NBA TV's airwaves and everywhere else, man. Um, and, you know, enjoy this time. Enjoy these games, the college games, the NBA games. It's, it's crazy. It's basketball crazy oh, yeah. right now. We got to love it. Um, if you haven't already, subscribe to The Hang Time on Apple Podcasts for new episodes all season long. And don't forget to leave a glowing review. We will see you right here next week on The Hang Time Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts for a new episode every Thursday this season. And as always, Sekuna Matata.